Hey friends, my name is Zara, and this is the Daydreaming Rose podcast, in which I talk about folk herbalism, the tarot, trauma-informed magic, as well as politics of healing and small business adventures. Sometimes it's just me sharing rituals and inspiration, and sometimes I have beautiful, like-minded guests on the show. If you would like to learn more about my work, you can visit daydreamingworlds.com for all things magic and sarahmagdalenalove.com for web design and tech support. Feel free to subscribe on iTunes and if you like my podcast, know that a review would really be appreciated. Hi new friends, thank you so much for tuning into the Daydreaming Worlds podcast. Um, this is a pleasure and passion project of mine and I'm really excited to share some interviews with you. And this episode is just going to be me talking about my intention for this podcast and kind of what I want to offer to the world. So I'm re-recording this actually more than a year after starting this podcast initially and that's because a lot has changed since then. Um, I've been able to put a lot more energy into it, I've had really amazing people on the show and I kind of had a chance to reconsider what I want to do with this and my yeah my focus has changed a little bit a lot of new listeners have come into my world so I kind of re-listened to this initial first episode a couple of weeks ago and I noticed that some of these things were no longer feeling true for me and that's that's not something that I regret I think that's just normal but it's it's beautiful sometimes to go back in time and uh, so yeah, things have changed and some things feel better, they feel more authentic and more me and I'm more, yeah, I'm more able to speak about what I mean and what I stand for. Um, I've become a lot more um, outspoken about my politics and the things that I believe in and so that has and hopefully always will shape the podcast as well. Um, it is of course really awkward to speak about yourself in this way so I kind of I uh, tried to make some notes before I started speaking and to structure it I kind of came up with three different sections so number one is I want to talk a little bit about what my story is and how I came to do this work and then I want to talk about what I care about and then I want to talk about what I want to offer into the world so what my story is, um, I was born in the north of Germany and I <laughs> was a pretty wild teenager to be honest. I started working really early because I needed to and I wanted to be independent really badly. I came up pretty late so I didn't consider myself to be queer as a teenager, sadly. I think that would have saved myself a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, I I had pretty open-minded parents who didn't put a lot of in restrictions around me and what I could do, which was nice, but also challenging in some ways. And so because I really had this strong need for stability and, and structure, I did a bank training after graduating from school, which is now, <laughs> looking back, the weirdest thing for me to do having had all this freedom to you know do art or English literature or whatever I chose to do a bank training because um, it was paid it was a paid training and I really wanted to be financially independent super badly and so I did that and I learned a bunch of cool things um, I think even for activists and artists thinking about finances is important because we need to understand the system that we're trying to dismantle really 
However, I would never do that again now and I'm really glad that I'm not in that environment anymore. After that, I started working in um, an e-commerce company, little startups in Berlin, in Germany. I had started blogging when I was 16, so I always felt really at home in the internet and was quite techy as a young person, really loved understanding how websites are built. I was really bad at science in sex secondary school, but when I was on my own, I was kind of yeah, I, I made my own little websites and you know had I had a Tumblr and MySpace and I was just always really into the internet. Um, and then so it was natural, natural progression to kind of go and work in e-commerce uh, startups because it was pretty easy to get in and it was a way to get a lot of responsibility um, as a young person with not so many qualifications which is what I wanted at the time and I moved to London when I was 20 I didn't really speak English and I didn't know anyone then but I really wanted to live abroad and I really wanted to speak English and kind of open that world to myself and I also wanted to study with the Open University which is a big distance university in the UK so I found a German company that um, that was just establishing itself in London and I got a job as a management assistant with them kind of progressed to be an HR manager and did that for a couple of years while also studying social science and creative writing and psychology with the Open University. Um, I did an open degree because I couldn't really make up my mind. Um, still find that really hard. I love so many different subjects and I really like working, I really love studying on my own. I think I would have liked to go to university um, as in like a brick and mortar one but I just was too shy and also I didn't have the courage to take out the loan I think because I didn't believe in my ability to pay it back enough um, that felt really scary to me so I decided instead to work full-time and study part-time I dropped out of university technically three times before I eventually graduated after three and a half years <laughs> because I just had you know little meltdowns being really overworked with the full-time job and studying on the site was just a bit much and I kind of regret a little bit being hard on myself but that's I, I mean I made it work in the end and that's what matters um I left the e-commerce world behind eventually because I it wasn't aligned with my values I had to hire and fire people really quickly as an HR manager um, it didn't really feel soulful it was very results driven um, I really learned to understand capitalism in a different way in that environment and it wasn't good for my health and my body um, there was a lot of sexism a lot of things that I didn't have words for then that I didn't really understand but they were just not good for me and eventually left London again I liked living in London in some ways but you know my room that the room that I was able to afford was so small that I could either open the door or my wardrobe and I yeah so <laughs> that's really all you need to know so anyway I moved back to the continent I lived in Amsterdam for a bit and then I lived in Berlin for two years and then I, I moved back to Brighton, um, which is where I'm now spending most of my time. So I've lived in different places. And when I um, left Berlin, I had been working in Berlin in e-commerce again, also as an HR manager. 
When I left Berlin, I became a live-in nanny in the UK, um, near Brighton, and I finished my master, my my first degree there, and then I started my master's um, in creative media at the University of Brighton, and that was a cool time. It was really good for me to live out in nature and to work with kids. It was pretty exhausting as well, just uh, sometimes, but just gave me lots more flexibility. Um, I was building my work as a freelance writer and translator and I, I got to study. I did a creative writing program at the University of Sussex. I did courses in photography and I published uh, an anthology. <laughs> that word is so hard to pronounce. I published an, an anthology of career art and writing, which was a really beautiful project and uh, something that was supported by so many amazing people. So it really gave me a lot of confidence and yeah I also trained as a yoga teacher at the time and I taught um, body positive career yoga classes in Brighton for two years which I'm no longer doing um, because I have a lot of feelings about things that I didn't understand then I think I had good intentions but sometimes they're just not good enough and I didn't fully understand the weight of cultural appropriation in yoga and the many ways in which white people have commercialize something that is really so sacred but that's what I've done at the time and um, so I kind of grew into doing community work and then I did the MA in creative media which is also great and then um, almost three years ago I started a, the web design business that I'm now running now and that is my main bread and butter and that's been a really beautiful journey for which I'm so grateful because it got me out of employment. It meant that I no longer had to work outside my house and with people who just were hard to be around. You know, I love people so much. I have beautiful friends and I love relating to people, but I had a really hard time fitting into um, office politics and um, I had a really hard time working from... I want to say nine to five but I always had to do unpaid overtime so that was really wearing my health down and and starting my own business has meant that I could stay home with my dog spend more time in nature you know cook my own lunch um, really go with the rhythms of my body and learn new stuff and be creative and that's been one of the biggest blessings I have in my life now I work with people who share similar values um, many of my clients are amazing feminists and cool creative people who make art or who write or do healing work or mentoring or coaching and each project is different and I get to work yeah really see the project through and have the responsibility to manage every aspect of it and hold my client's hand and and do the emotional work of that as well. So it's really varied and I really appreciate that so much, yeah. Um, it's been hard in the beginning, the first year. I've worked very many weekends and late nights. Um, I There was a lot of uncertainty in terms of where the next client was gonna come from. Um, there were many sleepless nights around paying bills and things have now kind of leveled out. I'm usually always booked out. It could always be, you know, there could always be more stability, I think. Um, but I feel that each each season things are really getting easier and I still love my work. And so, 
you know I really still wake up thinking like yeah that that's what I want to do and I love seeing this unfolding how how people come to me with this vague idea of wanting a website but not really being super sure what that's going to look like and then eventually having the final product a couple of weeks later and then really seeing that shift in their understanding of their own work and their confidence and their creativity so yeah that's why I still really love doing this work and then there's this other aspect of my work which is daydreamwolves.com which is more about magic and the tarot and folk herbalism and the story with that is that I've always been really interested in in magic and ritual um, I got the first book on witchcraft when I was 11 on my 11th birthday actually I bought it from some pocket money that I got but as a teenager I really forgot about most of that because I wanted to fit in and it wasn't cool even though I was a teenager in the 90s so it kind of wasn't cool in my environment um, and and also teen being a teenager was fucking hard I um, really had a hard time at school I um, transferred between schools a couple of times had some great friends but also made some pretty difficult experience especially in dating and just kind of lost touch with these practices and with my enchantment with life I would say even if that sounds really cheesy and I rediscovered um, this world when I was 23 or 24 I had a burnout when I was working as an HR manager and studying at the same time and I just suddenly had this sense of like really needing to do some self-care um, look at my look after my body in a different way and shed some old beliefs that I had you know that I had um, internalized around sexism and ableism and heteronormative norms that my life had been so soaked in at the time and so slowly rediscovered this stuff but I it really was a process over many years because I um, still had to work so much and study at the same time and do many different jobs so I wasn't able to kind of devote as much energy to it as I would have wanted but but slowly and surely the kind of the resources grow that I had to invest in training and in time and like starting things like drawing a card every morning and journaling on that a little bit or doing a movement practice regularly and then I started really getting into herbalism a couple of years ago um, and so I would say now my main practices are the tarot and herbalism really into sensual movement and dance and I've trained in breathwork this year which is really beautiful as well and I have many many more plans and ideas and yeah <laughs> so that's where I'm at now and so about a year and a half ago I noticed that I, I still had all this personal writing about these processes and like self-care and spirituality and life on my main website which is sarahmagdalenalove.com but that website at the time had then grown into this um, web design business and so people were coming to that site really for tech advice and like branding inspiration and and my web design services so it didn't feel right to have all that personal writing on there anymore and out of that I created a second website Daydreaming Wolves which also has been through many evolutions it looked completely different in the beginning there was some really awful design going on in between I have to say and it's strange because if you're a web designer yourself 
you would think you could do this but it's really hard sometimes to work on your own stuff so anyway that website looked awkward in the beginning I'm really happy with what it looks like now and it feels like a home to me and like a place that I enjoy spending time at and would like to write more for but yeah um I'm really grateful for the readership that has grown around that website the people that are on my newsletter list and and I think what made it such a beautiful process as well is the fact that I didn't have to make it a source of income it really was a very organic process which to be honest wasn't true for the web design business with that I sometimes in the beginning had to compromise what I believe in because I just needed to make an income and I had to say yes to pretty much every project that came my way in the beginning and that's okay because I learned a lot from that and I no longer have to do that but yeah just really seeing now how Daydream Wolves is growing and how I can be really discerning with what I want to write about I don't have to push myself and I just I just come up with content when I feel like it you know the podcast in the beginning I I came out with like one episode a month and I'm now podcasting more regularly but I don't you know there's really no pressure um technically um I'm now offering tower readings on there which has also been like an interesting process in itself it took me years to find the confidence to do that um it's been something that I wanted to do for a long time but just felt shy about for a long time and especially in the last few weeks had really beautiful experiences with people requesting uh, readings for such tender questions that they had and yeah giving me such beautiful feedback for that so I want to talk a tiny bit about my approach with that um I do audio recorded readings because I'm such an introvert um this is how I love to receive tarot readings for myself I love meeting people on Skype but when I'm receiving a reading from someone I sometimes worry a little bit that if that was the medium we chose I would find it hard to really take everything in so I love receiving recorded videos or written ones because um, recording readings or written ones because then I can have something that I can hold in my hands and that I can revisit and come back to and work with and really digest that way and also I really like the audio format because you know sometimes energy is low and I find for myself at least what I can always do before falling asleep is like listening to a podcast or to some kind of other audio recording that feels really comforting for me because even like watching something can be overstimulation sometimes there's so much going on in our days and I like just uh you know sitting in the dark and connecting with someone someone's voice or recording something for them so when I read for people I usually do it in the night when it's like dark out I have candles on I do a little ritual for myself first I light candles and you know do some breath work or some movement and then I do the reading and I record for the person um, a, a custom grounding meditation to start with so that we can both be really present with the reading and then I walk them through the cards and I offer a journaling um, question for each of the cards and then because I am so into plant magic and herbalism as well I also offer at least one plan to work with um, and an idea for either a recipe or a ritual that the person can do to kind of help them on their path and I I care to do that because I think that readings are more powerful if we really engage with them in a way so I received readings 
sometimes when I was anxious or I felt I had to do had to make some big decisions in my life I was almost like asking the same question again and like coming to the cards and be like what should I do what should I do but wasn't really listening you know I, I would turn the cards and I wasn't really feeling into what was happening in my body I didn't journal so much about the cards that came up and those readings were still insightful but I, I think that's an as it's an, a dishonor to the beautiful ritual that a reading can be and so I no longer want to do that and I want to offer people a way to engage with readings on a deeper level as well and so that format is something that works for me really well I think journaling can be really powerful as can uh, working with plants I don't do predictive readings and I don't do readings that involve other people that haven't really given their consent to be in the reading um, that's just kind of a personal boundary that I draw um, and in terms of predicting the future I think that that's not you know I, I don't make a judgment on whether that's possible or not but I don't think that it's always the most fruitful or rewarding question to ask I think very often what is really powerful to ask is what is in the shadows like what are we not seeing about our current situation and where are we disconnected from our own intuition where are we ignoring the wisdom that we already have or where where are we getting so distracted by the chatter from the outside world that we're finding it hard to know what is true for us and so these are kind of questions that I'm trying to illuminate with my readings for myself and other people as well yeah so this is how um, Day During Wars came to be and that's kind of part of my story I guess um, I also wanted to talk about things I care about I, I really care for my work to be accessible and I know that is something that I'm not always getting perfectly right and it's also something that I'm still wrapping my head around in many ways um, there are certainly kind of um, people out there who feel like healing work should always be free and like how can you charge for something that is magical in a way and and that is difficult because I feel that this this work should be valued and paid and currently as it is we are living under capitalism and we have to pay bills and I think um yeah we should be able to charge for our work at the same time I care about this work so much that I want it to be accessible for everyone and um what I found most helpful in that at the moment is the fact that um, we can we can put out so much free content um, in a way that is not costing us a lot of money. So I podcast a lot, I write blog posts and I offer a free audio course which is called Everyday Magic um, in which I talk about folk herbalism and the tarot and it has like different guided audio journals, really cool, you should check it out. Um, anyway so I am able to share a lot of my work and I can kind of pass on a lot of the things that I have learned to other people without needing to charge them because it's easy for me to produce that but when I'm investing my one-on-one -on -one time I do need to get paid and so I, it's all about finding that balance I guess um, what else what did I want to say sorry I lost the plot there for a second yeah yeah and also I think what is interesting about this progress also in like putting media out I mean I am coming back to what I learned in my MA in creative media but I really don't need I really don't feel like I needed that, that qualification necessarily to do this work 
I love seeing how more of us are stepping up and out to kind of spread the message of things that they believe in and in this way we're educating each other which is really political and really powerful and I also think it's interesting to kind of grow into these dynamics where we are always the student and we're always the teacher at the same time I don't see myself as a teacher in a conventional way really I feel that I am passing on something that I have had the privilege to learn and that I'm really grateful for and that feels good to me other things I care about are political aspects of healing like the politics of healing are really important to me because I think that so many of us as activists burn out or feel shame around the ways we're not able to show up as much as we would want to and so I think self-care is incredibly important as is community care I think it's important that we look at the relationships that we have with each other and that we decolonize them and that we find ways to challenge and dismantle white supremacy and colonialism in the many ways that it has impacted our lives um, I think as white people we have a, an obligation really to do more um, to challenge racism and to build resilience and to share the resources that we have and the privileges that we have in, in many ways um, I also really care about animism which is something that I'm still learning so much about but I would describe it as a belief in there being a spirit and everything on the earth and really honoring nature and things like trees and plants as living beings that have their own agency and incredibly beauty incredible beauty and resilience and I believe that capitalism relies on us disconnecting from that living breathing world because we would otherwise not be able to exploit it in the way that we're doing so I think magic for me is political because it reconnects us with the cycles of life the cycles that capitalism is suppressing because it's going for this endless expansion because it's reconnecting us with pleasure and beauty and our own bodies and our relationships and the resilience that we can have and feel in our communities and and because it gives us back a feeling of enchantment with life and our own stories in a way um, and I think ritual is important for that I think ritual is incredibly important to create space for us in our heads and minds and hearts to really questions what, question what's going on in the world because it isn't, it isn't normal uh, I think the ways that we're living together aren't normal we have normalized a lot of um, suffering and violence and oppression and I think pausing and, and making space for ritual and enchantment and magic is really such a threat to that and so I am so here for that <laughs> um, I also care about community I love um, speaking to other people and you know inviting people on the podcast and seeing you know what they're thinking and feeling and having these conversations is really meaningful to me and then finally I wanted to um, talk about what I want to offer so I want to offer as much free stuff as possible I really want to build this podcast more I want to engage and have conversations with more beautiful people 
I really want to um, offer more readings and put more time into that. Right now I'm only able to offer a limited uh, number each week because I mainly do the web design work which is great um, but I, I love this this tower reading work as well and I would love to do more um, with that. I really want to continue studying herbalism because it's been such a transformative force in my work and in my life and my body. It's really um, helped with my health and mental health and with my overall well-being so I want to study more and then share more of that. Um, I'm also training as a celebrant and I want to specifically offer rituals and ceremonies for queer people because I think that because many of us are not getting married and having kids or kind of following these conventional structures of how what a life could look like we often don't get a chance to celebrate ourselves and our milestones in meaningful ways so I would love to offer alternative queer commitment ceremonies to couples I would love to offer naming and blessings um, to trans people I would love to help more people get married to themselves the way I did in a beautiful ritual I mainly want to really encourage and inspire people to create their own magic and their own ritual so yeah that's what I want to do <laughs> Um, I've been talking for a while now I think I'm going to stop here and I hope it gave you an idea of what Daydream Wars is about and where I'm coming from and what my values are if you've got any questions at all speak to me on any social media channels you will find all of them at daydreamwars.com and that's also where you can sign up for the free audio course that I'm offering thank you so much for listening have a really beautiful day